I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. He always mentions that when he's like crabby or losing his mind, his wife always goes, "Have you meditated today, Duncan?" And now I just realized that we have an equivalent of that. Where if I'm like stressed out or my body's filled with adrenaline, you're like, "Holly, have you shaken?" <laughs> Holly somehow came upon this thing that if you get stressed and filled with adrenaline, you should get up and shake like a like a dog shakes. Yeah, but and it's it pretty works. funny. <laughs> It's pretty funny to be around because I'll walk into the room and it, you look like one of the noodle men outside of a car dealership. And I'm like, oh, I guess something stressful happened. <laughs> but right before we started recording, there was a, t- a terrible altercation with cops and everything outside of our building. And I was like, oh, man, I'm still like kind of carrying this stress. And I feel did you sw- shake? sweaty and gross. And he just goes, did you shake? Shake your fears away, folks. It's the new Xanax. It works for me. Hey, it's Greg and Holly. We're jumping into the the feed this week as ourselves, not as Gray and Holly, because this is called a Mega Mini. It's a midweek podcast that we normally do just for Patreon folks. Usually comes out on Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday, and it gives you a little behind the scenes of what we're up to, the themes, the the philosophies of Mega the Podcast. The points of view that come up in different episodes. We do some poetry. We throw some music around on a playlist for you as well. Greg and has a, a great mini Spotify playlist. Mega mini Spotify playlist that's It had really two good. joke songs on it. One was Joshua Caddison. <laughs> um, what was that song called? Uh, Wasn't it Jesse, Jesse Paint a Picture? 
about how, how it's gonna be. <laughs> but um, did you take the joke songs off? Because it's a really genuinely good playlist that people could put on. Yeah, I took the joke songs off, and you had a Whitney Houston song on there that you really liked that <laughs> I thought was actually a good song, but you said it was too jokey. Well, I th- I like this. I genuinely like this Whitney Houston song too. It's called "My Love Is Your Love," and the reason I think you had it on the playlist that you used on a mini episode because it references the Judgment Day. Uh, it was because. We were talking about the song on that episode because, okay, it really, I, I get choked up when I even look at it. The opening lyrics shake. of the, <laughs> shake, 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 shake your booty. The opening lines of the song are, if tomorrow is judgment day and I'm standing on the front line and the Lord asked me what I did with my life. <laughs> wait, 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 I have to back up. <clears throat> are we talking about the final battle here? And Whitney Houston is on, is doing battle with the the antichrist okay <laughs> this is really this is some real dispensationalist okay, so, so friends and family out there tune. listening this is you know as you know every sunday we put out a mega comedy episode where we play characters hallie and gray and um that comes out every sunday so then during the midweek, like Greg said, um, for our Patreon supporters, we put out an episode called A Mini, where we, as ourselves, deconstruct some of the ideas that came up in that week's mega, or things that are coming up in our culture, or things that people yeah, are contacting us about. Sometimes it's just us bitching about how sick we got with COVID. <laughs> we were. We were really sick with COVID. Um, but so we're doing this now and putting it in the feed because sometimes we like to be able to deconstruct some of the stuff that Mega brings up. We're also off this week technically from uh, putting out the regular one. And anyway. Wait, I just want to go back. Is Whitney Houston fighting with Jesus in the final battle? Okay, hold on. Let me look. If tomorrow is judgment day and I'm standing on the front line and the Lord asks what I do with my life, I will say I spend it with you. No, I think what she's saying is... Well, she's kind of confusing judgment day and her judgment. uh, Yeah, uh, I think... I don't know. I mean, we. I, I Why love is she to fighting in the battle on Judgment Day? <laughs> it doesn't say a battle. I think front line makes it seem. Oh, like she's at the front of the line at the pearly gate. I think so. That's what. That's the way I take it. Is if tomorrow is Judgment Day, meaning she has died okay. and gone to heaven. Okay. And she's standing there, and the Lord asks what she did with her life. Okay. She's going to say, "I spent it with you." I really like it. Well, first off, she's not getting into heaven with that answer, right? Um, and <laughs> technically, I really like it to imagine Whitney Houston at the right hand of uh, sword-wielding Jesus when he returns to vanquish uh, once and for all. And Jesus is like, what did you do with your life? And she's like, and she's like, whoa, 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 Jesus. She's like, Jesus, do you know this guy, Bobby Brown? <laughs> I spent my life with him. And he's like, ooh, all right, let's go take on the devil. Anywho, we took that song off the playlist. What was your point? <laughs> Sorry. Not that it's a bad song, but it didn't really flow with how cool that playlist is. Okay. I'm really trying to plug your playlist. Just go oh, to Spotify. You. What do they look at under Spotify? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's I, a I good would. Playlist. I would most. Uh, I, I well, you can you can find the here's here's how they get the playlist. They become Patreon supporters. <laughs> We're talking to you. Anyway, um, I I wanted to start with talking about what. A topic that came up in our last mega episode, which in the little intro part, uh, Gray and Hallie talked about the Southern Baptist Convention scandal that had come out. Right. I I mean, I guess it was a rolling, ongoing scandal. Um, The Southern Baptist Convention finally hired an independent organization to put out a report about sex abuse taking place within the SBC um, after, you know, I think it was the tech, I think it was the... 
a newspaper in Texas, I can't remember which one, you know, exposed years of glossing over, covering they up, had a list moving of over folks around. 700 pastors and they people in leadership. They had a list of people that were having, uh, that were abusing abusers victims. that they would just move people around. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's textbook, right? It, it's actually worse than it's worse than you thought. I was I, I was surprised at um, the level. Yeah, it's not good of and, uh, deceit. And it was in the news a lot that week when we were coming out with a new mega episode, and so we decided to address it in our intro. And we talked about the way we handled it um, amongst ourselves later. And and you said something about you know we didn't really have a hot take on it. Which I agree, we were sort of addressing it, but we didn't have the hottest of takes. I but think our take was, what was our take? Our take was that it was the whataboutism that, that yeah. always happens uh, with with evangelicals around this stuff, which is, well, the, you know, that's not as bad as, I think our take was, that's not as bad as what the Catholics do. That was in there for sure. I think that in truth, we were limited as to how we could address it from the point of view of our characters because we have certain limitations of having to speak through their voices and um, share their point of view. And so I think it could only be as hot as it could be through our characters, which, yes, they went into the whataboutism, but then they also um, were kind of doing the but that doesn't happen at our church our church right. is awesome never happens at your church and 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 a little bit of just what i think is normal in these instances for a lot of people who find themselves sort of part and parcel of a dubious commerce is totally. that you distance yourself from it and you go oh, oh not us not me not my church not that you know and so we just kind of did that through the voices of our characters and um i think it I, I think it kind of all rolls into a greater conversation we've been having on these minis for a while now. And it's also come up in some day episodes. I don't know if you out there, dear listener, um, uh, have caught any of the day episodes, but we have had a small handful of mega episodes where I come on as my character Hallie's son, Day, and Day and Gray talk to each other. And um, those are always, <laughs> when we record those, those are a new product since the pandemic that we came up with um, because Greg had come on an episode as an impression of Nick Offerman. Yeah, I don't know. I think we were high when we decided <laughs> to do that. I was but like, I loved... I guess I'm just going to be Nick Offerman this week. I think we had a guest cancel we... and we had to put out an episode yeah. and I didn't want to be Gray, so it was Nick Offerman. Just simply because Greg had a fun Nick Offerman impression he was were doing like, that week. And I was like, Greg, just do that on the on the mega. And it was A lot so... of people said it was such a sad and, <laughs> quote, devastating episode, which <laughs> I find really funny because... The because darker it, the better. Because it showed how like hungry Hallie, my character Hallie, is so hungry for love and affection. I yes. think. Yes. But going back, because Lance Labont just don't give it to her. But so Greg <laughs> came on doing an impression of Nick Offerman while improvising with my character Hallie, and I had a blast improvising with your impression character. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, I want to come on the show with someone." And we were t- th- talking about who it could be. And then I was like, "Oh man, I'd honestly really love to come on as my son Day because." I know his perspective so well. It tells you too that mine. people don't listen through the credits because um, a lot of people always ask who plays Day. <laughs> well, we move my voice down. Uh, what's it called? 
a semitone. We moved my voice down two semitones on the recording. Semitone kind of life. And then, baby, baby. But then I also, I kind of go down. I'm like, you know what? Oh, you know what, Gray? I I hear what you're saying, but also I just was um wanting to say that a lot of times when you center yourself in the story, um, it's hard for you to really be able to put yourself in other people's shoes. <laughs> so I kind of like talked down too. But I think I started doing day because... I wanted to more directly speak some of my actual points of view instead of having to like double layer and reverse it through the Hallie point of view commentary. Right. And that's been sort of therapeutic. And um, people have responded and really liked the day episodes. And um, I don't know how many there are in there now, three or four. I think four. But we'll keep coming out with them. But man, they're a... Um, they should have a spinoff co- po- podcast, I think. Yeah. Although they're so hard. I really have to prepare for those if I'm going to like be quoting scripture. We usually have a theme. One time we had a theme of um, the creation story. One time we had a theme of uh, the abortion issue in America and what the Bible really says about abortion. And one time... Our last one was about um, reckoning with death or you know t- talking about the, the how death can sometimes be difficult to talk about or we don't talk about and looking at what the bible says about death or how it guides us through that as a as a part of life yeah i think that I, I i would love to do more day episodes and i think going back to your original point of maybe we didn't feel like we had the hottest take on the sbc thing i think what we try to do with mega is um come up with takes that to the best of our ability, especially in those openers that are commenting on the moment. And if any of them survive the test of time, that would be amazing since 99.9% of all comedy does not. What were you saying this week? You're listening to the Bob Odenkirk book. Oh yeah. I'm listening to Bob Odenkirk's memoir. It's really great. Um, It's called comedy, 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 drama. Might not be interesting to anyone who's not in the business or show business as he likes to call it. Um, which, show business and sandwiches. <laughs> uh, I sort of know Bob just, you know, in passing, we have a lot of people in common and it is really funny. My bit about him is always that he is, uh, he loves to talk about show business and, you know, comedy and he's always eating a sandwich. Or, or talking about or, eating a sandwich. Or, yeah, talking about, you know, you should go over there and get, you know, get, get a sandwich. It's so good. But, um, <laughs> the other day you were listening to that book and that he talks he's about narrating and he, I was listening to it. You had it on the speaker when you were taking a shower. When he met David I, Cross, he was eating a sandwich <laughs> and didn't get up to yeah. go to the door to meet David Cross. He's like, I missed him cause I had a really good sandwich. <laughs> and just hearing him talk about sandwiches in his book uh, with his voice narrating was fantastic. Um, but you know, something he said in the book that he gives credit to Eric Idle from, um, Monty Python is that I think Eric Idle says all comedy is critical and meaning that, you know, everything that every joke essentially can be uh, viewed as being critical of someone or something um, in the world. And it's, it just depends on who's the recipient. And so I think, you know, we tread an interesting so when you're when there is critique, there will always be someone who is offended by right. that critique. When, when there is comedy, there will always be critique. W- meaning there will always be offense. Right, right. Which and is so interesting. It's dynamic. an interesting time, I think, when offense kind of comes to the surface with so much of this stuff that you know. I, I think I'm always of the opinion like, if you're offended by something, it's like your choice to participate in it. Uh, you know. 
in the economy of whatever that person is making. Um, and I don't know, it's just an interesting time, I think, where I, I think offense becomes such the headline of, you know, certain jokes or personalities. And, um, you know, I, I do, I do kind of think that, you know, there's a, there's someone that's always going to be offended. Well, it's important to, with comedy, I guess with all things is to, I'm a big, I'm a big um, advocate of like questioning everything, but I think a lot of times with comedy specifically, if you just can break it down enough to be able to state the target of the joke, yeah, like what was the target of that joke? Right. Was the target of that joke a um, vulnerable community, like the trans community or, you know, like punching down the whole idea of target and punching up or punching down. Are you punching up at these powerful structures that, you know, seek to oppress or repress or groom or, you know, whatever. Or are you punching down at vulnerable individuals or communities? Um, right. Like, for instance, I, I really do feel my, my, my heart's desire, our goal with Mega has always been to play our characters to the height of our intelligence and with as much integrity as possible to actually be them and share their point of view in a way that is satirical and comedic, but also is humanizing them and kind of showing maybe a little bit of why they see the world that way. And any of the targets of our joke when we're punching my hope and my heart's desire is that we're punching up at the power hey, structures. Hey, hey, don't go after the SBC, Holly. Punching at, a lot at of punching nice up people. at powerful at the at the powerful and not at the vulnerable. So I think target of joke is really really important. So, like I think I I notice that I'll watch stand ups where I'm like, oh, this is starting to hurt my soul. I'm going to change this channel. I'm not right. going to watch this person. I'm not going to listen to this person. But I first will always be like, is this just hitting too close to the bone? Like I don't like being made fun of, or maybe my ego gets involved. It, it, or is it that it feels like the target of this joke? is or these jokes are like it, it's um it's targeting a vulnerable group it's it's genuinely like coming at women in a way that isn't isn't thoughtful and talking about the way in which you know women are like females in our society are marginalized are a marginalized group but um <clears throat> you know what i'm saying like yeah. i think that i think like target is really important and and to be able to distinguish why I'm offended when I hear stuff because I do I get offended all the time and I know that sometimes people but do you get offended I guess my question is like what do you mean by offended actually no I think I'm really <laughs> hard to offend that's what I think too and I think offense is a different thing than not uh liking, liking someone. someone like who's that stand-up that hurts my feelings so bad Chappelle that white guy oh Bill Burr <laughs> no no that other white guy <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> list, <laughs> always list a bunch he's of always going in so hard on women and it's in a real kind of like mean spirited way but and it's like, so much a comment on that person too that i always think and, yeah, and yeah. what is our responsibility really with these i think we've we've elevated them into being something that they're not also which are like ombudsmans of like of like they're stand-ups don't have to be especially all stand-ups or comedians for that matter don't necessarily have to be the philosophers of our modern age and and the ones who think of themselves that way are the ones that I actually take the least seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I, I also think that, 
I don't know. There is, there's something about, there's that Groucho Marx thing. Um, I don't want to be a part of any group that would have me as a member. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's true too, or it's just the instinct to want to set yourself apart is sometimes, is so prevalent when it comes to this business or th this way of living and thinking that uh, it sometimes gets in the way because you just want to uh, punch at anything that, uh, to, to set yourself apart. And I think that also becomes, um, just annoying and problematic, but yeah. you know, even the silliest comedy is still critical and there could be people offended by it. Sure. I'm not even t talking about like the hot button stuff of, uh, of that day's like Twitter storm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's an opportunity, um, when something does really rub you the wrong way, um, to use that as information of like what yeah, totally. uh, breaking it down. Like, why does that bother me? Oh, what is it that I'm feeling? I'm feeling anger. Also, okay. it shows you where your value lies. Exactly. Which is so great. Why am I angry? Oh, because a boundary has been crossed. What does that mean? Oh, it means I have a boundary there because it, that boundary is there because there's something that I value here. And so <laughs> right. I'm trying to protect something that I value. And so it's, a, I think it's really interesting to kind of break it down. It's sort of my favorite thing to do actually. And I, I also wonder if it's, um, I feel like we're leading into, so we've been sued by, by the SBC, yeah. <laughs> but I think that, um, I think mega is a good example of that, which is, you know, politics and religion, right? It's the things that you should ever talk about at the dinner table. And, um, for the most part, we've never really had anybody, uh, come after us too hard about things that we've said on the podcast and the times that we've had, it's been a really great conversation. Mm -hmm pretty uh which is absent from a lot of those conversations so i'm kind of glad for it yeah why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, don't DM me if you're really offended by our SBC comment. One of the things that came up in um, the last Day episode where Day and Gray were grappling about issues surrounding death in our culture 
and um, looking to the Bible for answers or guidance therein, one of the things that came up that I found so interesting that I can't stop thinking about is how humans as storytellers and humans as individuals so naturally center ourselves in any story, right? And that's a thing to be mindful of because it can limit your ability to put yourself in other people's shoes. I'm sorry, is this about me? I wasn't listening. Nice one. And <laughs> um, A nod, a tip of the cap. <laughs> um, but one of the things that came up in that Day episode is that Day was pointing out that with this sacred text, th these 66 books of this particular canonized Bible, humans so deeply center themselves in the story of this deity, this all-powerful deity, the creator of all things. Yeah. This God force, <laughs> according to our story and our hot take on it, is that this massive God force, the powerful creator, is completely obsessed with this one human homo sapien species on this one blue dot planet in the vast cosmos. That it really needs you to sing to it. <clears throat> he really likes when you <laughs> sing to him. And he is um, so obsessed with humans that he, depending on how you look at the redemption of the cross or the technicalities of how that worked, whether you believe that Jesus was God or whether you believe that Jesus was the son of God or both or one of the other, whatever, God either was so obsessed with wanting to be in relationship with these this human species that it poured itself into a material experience and then killed itself and or poured its son into a material experience and then killed him. You're sounding like a real evangelical with being in relationship because that was actually something that Billy Graham, that, that even the language of being in relationship with yeah, you're right. God is like a <clears throat> something that came out of the... That's 50s. the real Jesus movement, yeah. Because you didn't really have that. How did you describe? Because no, I think no, I I did have that. It was, I mean, that that's the importing of evangelical language that happened everywhere. I'm reading Jesus and John Wayne right now, and if people are interested in American religious history, buckle up. Holy smokes, it's great, but um, helps helps really contextualize a lot of what's going on now and what has been going on. But, but when I Greg's think, reading it, I just hear him from the other room muttering. These bastards, <laughs> these bastards, <laughs> these bastards. Yeah, it's a little bit disconcerting at times. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, a lot of that, interestingly, a lot of that personal relationship and in God we trust and, uh, you know, but th that was all, that was all sort of the Billy Graham New era. language. Yeah. Because. I don't think Jesus ever says yeah, anything really, about having a personal relationship with him. Right, 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 and that really kind of tripped me up when I was younger. To be honest, I that that was, language it's kind of never... weird because it's a relationship that seem that that you know most relationships at least you can get one ride to the airport, <laughs> um, or a like casserole a when I'm grieving. I well, I, relationship really um, was hard for me when I was really when I was a believer and I was trying to make it work. That relationship lingo was part of what didn't work for me because, and I remember I used to say, maybe if the word was experience, that would 
make more sense to me. Like I experience God in the following ways. I experience God sometimes when I'm walking in nature and, and watching the sun come through the, you know, branches and leaves or when I, you know, like I experience God in these moments of beautiful it, human connection or I experience God in the quiet moments of my own intuition. If I, it would have been way better if it was the Jimi Hendrix experience for me. Cause I was like, <laughs> if this was like the Jimi Hendrix experience, which I was obsessed with for like six months in high school, Oh, I would have definitely been in that relationship. For me, it would have been the Jim Henson experience. If this could all be like a Jim Henson experience, I would definitely. It's actually more this. like a Jim Henson experience every day. I feel like than it is a Jimi Hendrix experience all over the world. But to sort of personalize that centering thing that I'm learning, we humans have a tendency to do, and and trying to be mindful or pay attention to or learn the ways or be able to recognize the ways in which I center myself and then really in, in, in situations and scenarios and circumstances and then really miss out on maybe a, a greater truth of what's happening because I'm so caught up with my own experience of it or whatever. Lost in your own story, as they say in acting class. Yeah, I think um, I've been noticing it and we were just talking about this on a Twitch that we uh, we do a Thursday night Twitch like live stuff where actually, I like how you slip that in. Actually, we are once a month going to be. You can just pull it up online on Twitch and you can watch us record a live mega episode on Twitch on Twitch online, and you can like see it happen, and you can see all the like ways that we are l- laughing quietly (laughs) as our producer described twitch it's like public access inside a slot machine and i think that's the perfect uh scenario (laughs) the perfect description of twitch so it it has been fun thursday nights on twitch you just look online and chat and we're on there hanging out and we're talking and chatting with the group chat and then once a month we're going to be um recording a live mega episode on Twitch that you can watch the behind the scenes, or you can watch it as the sausage is made. But anyway, in our Thursday Twitch this week, we were talking about that idea of centering yourself and projecting also, because I was thinking about this this morning. The more I'm learning about the way we project our feelings onto other people, the more it's making me think, oh, I think sometimes I do that still to the idea of God. Mm. where there are things I've noticed this about like even members of my own family like usually the qualities of the people I love in my family that drive me the most crazy are the ways in which I'm exactly like that right and so it drives me nuts <laughs> about them because I hate it in myself and I was wondering if I do that to the idea of God oh I'm sure I project these things I really don't like about me or that are really unpleasant to feel or whatever and I project it onto the the God of the Bible, supreme being. I I think of like, oh, I've I've had to, um, like put up boundaries and kind of like, um, uh, you know, like not have an unsafe person be in my life, and then I'll be like, you oh. got jealous and decided to smite me. <laughs> no, but I will be like, <laughs> oh, God casts people out and doesn't work on reconciliation. He sent Lucifer out of heaven. He sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. He sent the people of Israel out into the desert. Like he casts people away. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're like, pack your shit. Just get the hell out of here. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, is that me being like, oh, do I have an ability to cut off someone who hurts me? Well, isn't it all of the things? Of course, like that is the, you know, 
just look at every Greek god. It's the easier way for me to imagine it, which is just like these are all expressions of the interior, right? Like, who, oh, that's so interesting. So I mean, we just get all we conflated into a big god-like thing, yeah, but we're talking about ourselves. Yeah, some are jealous, Whoa. and some are warlike, and some are Loving mischievous, and, and some are drunk. <laughs> that's so interesting, Greg. That's so good, because I was, I was thinking a lot this week. My big sort of personal revelation this week is that. I started to become I have started to become more clear in recognizing when other people are projecting their feelings onto me and blaming me mm-hmm. and recognizing that and saying like, oh no, that's not about me. That's actually about you. That's your thing and I'm not gonna take that on. The better I've become at recognizing when other people are doing it, then it led me to think, well, it stands to reason that I am also doing it. Sure. And that I could also come to a place of recognizing where I'm doing it. How could I do that? And then I started going through. I was like, well, it stands to reason that I could just listen to the things I'm saying about the antagonist in my story that day. <laughs> yeah. And then I could just apply it to me and see if it rings true, whether I like it or not. Yeah, I think you can't one size fits all that. And I'm not talking about like blaming yourself for everything. I'm really trying to get away from that because that is definitely a default mode of mine. But... I think it's um, being honest with myself and also wanting to be intentional about, I don't know, I almost have blind spots and it's impossible to know your blind spots because you're blind <laughs> to them. But the things that I can take responsibility for, I, I just, uh, the, my example of this is that I have a relative who I've been saying for years, I'm so confused about this relationship. It just feels like they don't like me and don't want to spend time with me. And so then I did my little reverse (laughs) engineering thing on it to be like, oh, what if I said, I am so confused about this relationship. It seems like I don't like them and don't want to spend time with them. And then I was like, I'm not this relative listener. Oh, yeah, it works. Yeah, The math works. And it's so interesting because once I realize I'm projecting the way I feel onto that person, then it really does change the nature of how I'm experiencing them. Because they're probably doing the same thing back to me. It's It's a vicious cycle. It's so crazy too, because we're so, we're just such complicated little creatures with our interior lives are so messy and (laughs) completely, we try to explain them so much with words and therapy and all these things. But I always go back to the most part that, we're we're sort of driving these flesh these flesh trains around with a subconscious that is way more unruly than can be put into language yeah. and that's always really and hard and it's really understandable because the reason we project the way we're feeling onto other people and blame them for the way we're feeling is because we don't really have the skills or we don't, we're not even aware we're doing it. It's either right. ego driven. We're not even aware and, or we don't have the skills or the wherewithal to know how to actually feel the thing we're feeling. Like for instance, aggression. Maybe if you feel aggression in your body, it's so unpleasant to you that you do this thing of like, I, this isn't me. This is you. You know you're what I'm going to tell aggress- you if you're feeling aggressive? Shake, shake, shake. <laughs> shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake your up. food. You got to get that shake it off back in, uh, in, in the playlist. And this is why we um, put Mega out because it's good to laugh and to let your body shake with laughter and recoup and um, 
And then in the minis, we, we'll get into deconstructing all of the maybe, you know, damaging uh, ideology that can come from some of those like fundamentalist uh, points of view and, and um, uh, trying to d- uh, distance yourself from uh, uh, painful things rather than taking responsibility for them and all of that. But So I want to change the subject because I do have something funny to share. Go. And then we'll do um, a poem. Okay. But um, so I got I got added to the wrong email this week. Um, I got an email in my inbox that just said prayer breakfast seven fifteen <laughs> community church. This happens to you all it happens the time. To me all the time. And I'm Greg always, always on the wrong engages email. the email thread. This is the kind of one you don't want to send my way, folks, because <laughs> I am going to reply. His last one uh, had time machines where he was like, I can't be there this weekend, but hopefully if my time machine works, I'll be there last weekend. (laughs) So this one was from, we'll call him Carl B. And it just said, guys, menu, Joe's team, scrambled eggs, bacon, Konica sausage, pancakes, grits, fruit medley, juice, and of course, strong coffee. God bless Carl. I had to get back in there and reply. Um, so I said, Hey Carl, adding a few things to Greg's prayer requests, <laughs> crepes, <laughs> vegan bacon, yes. better jokes, Love. shorter prayers. You know who I'm looking at, Dave, a, th- a third top gun movie, because that was cool as hell. Sloppy Joe's not typical for Brecky, but let's get wild <laughs> Indica or a decent hybrid like uh, Narnia Dave or Oregon dwarf more real stories from our lives. Fewer Bible stories, they're a little dry to be honest. A James Dobson impression contest. No more handshakes, a lot more hugs. We can be more vulnerable physically always. And for me, weak coffee or maybe some alternative because it really does a number on my basement. Prayers up. (laughs) To which I got the reply. Two simple words. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wonder if they took you off the thread. Yeah, I and then I was they were know, like I did post jokester. it on my Instagram and people were like, "Are you off the thread?" And I was like, "If he's a good Christian, he will not take me off the thread and maybe see this as a secret opportunity." So <laughs> that's that. Um, question: Did yes. you just say I'm looking at you, Dave? Because it's highly likely there is a Dave, or did you see that there was a Dave no, on no, the thread? I guess there was probably a Dave because it was a BCC. That's a really good, really good guess yeah um hey before we jump into a poem um i'll just i'll be totally honest uh the the patreon is the backbone of mega and if you've thought about um if you've enjoyed mega uh all almost 200 episodes of mega um we would love it if you just joined at five bucks a month you get this mini every week and you get ad free episodes you'd be surprised mega gets downloaded I don't know, a million times a year. And we put so much time and work into it. And uh, them ad bucks do not add up, folks, I will tell you. Um, so, you know, I uh, if you can't, no big deal. But if you can have an extra five bucks a month to throw our way, you know, it's a it's a coffee these days. You'd be surprised between like 80 and 100,000 downloads a month. We have like 300 supporters it's like a really small amount i think you know what it is sometimes too is 
people think someone else is doing it. Yeah. And then I'm the same way because there are podcasts I listen to and I I don't support them. But the ones that I, once I started podcasting, the ones I really do listen to, I did Definitely. start supporting them. Yeah. It's kind of like public radio or something. And, you know, we give this thing away for free and um, we would love it, love it, love it. And be so thankful if, uh, if you joined. That is our topic. A call for tithes. <laughs> and we work really hard on the megas and um but we really um love doing the minis too. So yeah. um and then you get that awesome playlist. You're about to hear a great another great Hess pick coming right up. But first, should I do the two headed two headed calf? I don't know. It's kind of sad, happy sad. It's kind of whimsically sad. You decide, friends. Um yeah, let's do two headed calf. Before we do this poem, um Hey, hit us up on social media because that's where we're going to be announcing our tour dates starting in July. Uh, lots of fun cities, L.A., Portland, Dallas, Chicago, Nashville, and New York. Maybe a few more added in there, and um, you'll find out about it there. So Those shows will have special guests. Those shows will have live music. Those shows will have dancing. We want you to, we want to meet you in the flesh. Press the flesh, hug the flesh. One flesh. <laughs> One flesh. One flesh. Man flesh. Man flesh. All right. Two-Headed Calf by Laura Gilpin. Tomorrow when the farm boys find this freak of nature, they will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight, he is alive and in the north field with his mother. It's a perfect summer evening, the moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass. And as he stares into the sky, there are twice as many stars as usual. <laughs>